0: Hello, listeners. This is Lee Price. This is Will Ford from Football Three Six Five, and you're listening smartly to At, At the, the Bridge, Bridge Pod, Pod, a Chelsea FC, FC podcast. podcast. Although I would describe it as the
1: Chelsea FC podcast.
2: Magical from Edin Dzzer, Kai Havertz in
1: the Champions League final. Ivanovic yes! in the middle. It's just
3: behind him. But it's tapped in by Havertz. It's Matic with the ball driver. Matic takes the net off! It's time for another episode of At The Bridge Pod, your number one Chelsea FC podcast, coming up on this episode. Well, I ran out of ideas, so the intro is pretty much me saying I've ran out of ideas. Welcome back everyone to another episode of At The Bridge Pod. I'm joined in the virtual room filled with every single line. I've got Ollie, I've got Bertha and I've got Chris. Uh, there is much to discuss today ahead of a huge weekend of soccer ball because I didn't really update the intro from last week. So, hey, uh, what are you guys most looking forward to about it?
0: <laughs> um, uh, to be fair, I'm actually looking forward to not doing a lot this weekend. The past Sp- two, three weeks have been really busy. Um, and I've also been really ill this week. So I think I've had... Severe COVID this week, so I'd just be nice to just feel human again and not do a lot. So that, that's my highlight.
3: Ah, oh, I know that vibe. What What about you, uh Chris? What have you got? What are you looking forward to?
2: Um, I I'm, I'm like the complete opposite of both. Like I've got quite a busy weekend. So... Oh, <laughs> all right, Chris. Don't show off. No, it's it's it. Do you know what? It's not even like that sort of busy. It's just football then my wife's got a hen do in the day which means i've got my son all day which who has a hen do in the day oh, I hen... that. that'd that be like a
3: stag yeah. do in the day as well you'd be like mm, yeah it's, it's,
2: it's okay. very, it's a hen very do
1: weird in birmingham at the day yeah yeah in <laughs>
0: birmingham is, is probably the worst bit about that the day is <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh that's <dear>. it <laughs> what about what about you ollie
1: Oh, well, I'm slightly different again from these guys because it sounds like uh, you know, birth kind of has a, his freedom to do what he likes, but he wants to use it to rest. Chris is, uh, you know, maybe under duress to get a few things done and be busy this weekend. I'm kind of in the middle. I, I've, uh, I'm, I'm kind of motivated to get out and about, but I've got no real plans, so I'm, I'm going to see what's what. Oh no, nice,
2: Ali, I've uh, got, I've got that, an idea. For a you. nice weekends.
0: for you. I've got a nice idea for you, Ali. Go on. Come down to Birmingham. Even though it's kind of like sideways from Cardiff, do that. Come, Come sideways.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, if you want to, yeah, why not?
3: Oh, there man. we go. I mean, there we go. I, I've I've only got I've got I've got game two of the uh, international series at Spurs Stadium, Bills and Jags, uh, and then Sky Sports have picked a good doozy of a game later on, gi- uh, Giants at Dolphins. So that's going to be fun for me. But uh, I've got something more interesting. Did any of you see? What the QPR commentary had to say about two former blues coming together when a red card was issued between Begovic and Bamford? No. No, No, I'm going to play it for everyone here. This is the QPR commentary on that exact moment.
1: Begovic just helps it past him. Oh, there's no touch. He's a diving (laughs) cheat.
3: Not even no bias commentary. I love that so much
1: oh i love that that that's incredible and do you know what it's the best thing when, oh, when... it's, just...
3: <laughs> oh it, it's... it's the best thing when they're fans as well it, yeah, you know? oh, oh yeah we need more of our own commentary release like that just the honesty I am... to be honest with you
0: <laughs> i am um, i just want to hear how annoyed chris is by that chris
2: it annoys me you know <laughs> no to be <laughs> fair i absolutely love that i think that's brilliant I think all football commentaries should have... Bias. A, a, should have a fa- should have fans. Do you remember Fan Zone? Oh, yeah, I do. Uh, I on. do. Oh, my god! I think word. they tried so to good. revive it.
1: They tried to revive it, and it wasn't quite the same. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe we can do it. <laughs> I,
2: I,
0: I think we should do our own version. We should do our own version on Chelsea games. That would be That's an would idea.
3: That. There, yeah. park, park that for a potential idea. Right. right. Uh, n- news time. Oh, it's that time of the week. Check out what we've missed in the elevator of Chelsea news. Bayern Munich are lining up a move for highly rated former Blues technical director Christopher Vavell. Moises Caicedo's agent confirmed that his client was not presented at Stamford Bridge when Chelsea played Liverpool because it was an unwritten rule to not make fun of the Reds for missing out on the sign-in. Mark Kukurea could end up staying at Chelsea despite almost moving to United on loan over the summer. Rhys James was given a one-game ban and a £90,000 fine for his FA charge. And finally in the news, Carlo Ancelotti has admitted, and I quote, sometimes Keppa struggles with crosses because he isn't very tall, but nobody's perfect, not even me, and I'm very handsome.
2: So, what a quote. What it's so a I quote mean, that is. So, Carlo, so,
1: Carlo. to
0: be fair, is he handsome? Uh, you know,
1: handsome and modest. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I personally don't think he is handsome but that's uh, just my taste just uh, my do taste.
1: you know what that's because you've never been in a in a dimly lit room with him and he's given you the,
3: the eyebrow you know <laughs> <laughs> oh right that's true that is true what, what, what from this week's news team uh, has grabbed your attention in particular?
0: particular it's, it's interesting with Kukurela how like a couple of good games suddenly changes things and just
3: and now Real Madrid want him yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's very strange. I mean, fair play to him. He's been very good, but like the past couple of games, but it's just like, if he hasn't two bad games in a row, is he going to suddenly be wanted by another team? Like, you know, it's just how weird and how quickly football can change. And He just just picked up on that purely on the basis that like two games ago, three games ago, he was out the
3: door. Mm. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I could see a former Barcelona player playing for Real Madrid. There's been 17 ever in, in the history, but I don't know. I'm not convinced that Real Madrid would... I don't know. I don't know. Um, is, that what, is that what Lone Army Carousel is, like? I was <laughs> yeah.
1: just
0: about to say that.
3: <laughs> no, no, it's not. Sorry. No, that is not what today's Lone Army Carousel is. Don't worry. Uh, minute, though. I thought we got the drop on him for a minute there, boys. <laughs> Look, my headline from the week, it's not even Chelsea related but it would impact our players that that's this fifa world cup in 2030 because that's going to be played across morocco portugal spain uruguay argentina and paraguay a travelling world cup as fifa put it but for me i i what are they doing you know why don't how about we just play the first half in chile second half in denmark and then get extra time played in sydney it's just it's just uh, so it's just so ludicrous i mean look this is maybe it's my hot take and a tinfoil hat is being put on me at the moment, you know, for the conspiracy theory coming your way. But this idea does mean that Europe, Africa, North America and South America all can't organise the 2034 World Cup because that's how they work. They work it in like cycles with continents. And that means, oh, yeah, that's Asia as the continent. That's going to be the inevitable Saudi Arabia World Cup, isn't it? That's what they put in a bid for, yeah. Yeah, 100%. and uh, I've just seen that Saudi Arabia have got help from Panama as well now as of tonight. I don't know if that's official official, but I mean, look, this is going to be an absolute... Oh my! I mean, not just for the players, but the fans who, if they will obviously like, wish to follow their country, are going to have to have a lot of logistics to work out because you've got hotels, flights, all of it will be at short notice based on where they finish, obviously, in their groups. And the only winners here are going to be FIFA and the hotel managers will probably charge like seven hundred six percent more, and then the the losers are going to be the players, the fans, and obviously the actual planet. You know, we we keep talking about sustainability, but flying between two, it's twelve hour flight. I think it was I saw between South America and Europe. I was like, wow, it just doesn't make sense good. for a tournament. I think money, it's money.
0: Well, that that's it. Like it's just so obvious that FIFA and UEFA. Just do not care about fans and they do not care about the players, all they care about is, is money. It, it, every it's
3: yeah,
0: it's just money driven now, like wherever it is, it's all about the money, and that's that's all it is. It's a business,
3: mm. yeah, yeah, 100%. I, I mean, what, what do you think, Chris?
2: Did I misread it, or was it Argentina and Uruguay was just going to play their first game there to celebrate so, the I, that's, that's, first that's, World Cup? I thought and then after yeah. that, I'm assuming the rest of their games will be in Spain, Portugal, or Morocco. Does so that not give them that's... an
1: unfair advantage? Are they not
2: effectively playing at home? Well, yeah, they are. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I <laughs> you are, so. aren't you? The, the weird one for me is, uh, why have they included Morocco?
3: Because uh, they put the bid in with uh, Spain and Portugal. To also yeah, just
2: disqualify
1: think... Africa for the 2034 I, World
2: yeah. Cup. I just think it's, and... it, it's a weird one, because like Spain and Portugal, obviously they border each other, so... Mm. Morocco does border Spain, technically. Yeah, it's it's quite. It's a quick. It's a quick uh, trip over. I know you can get
3: like a ferry over for. It's like I don't know how long, really. Sort of thing. Mm,
1: I believe there's even technically a land border, unless that might be gone now. But there was. Is there really? Yeah, it's just on the on the very very tip of Morocco. Is a very small Spain, um,
3: exclave. That 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 we'll probably go into depth on that. That's (laughs) why it makes more sense then. I mean, that, we'll, that's exactly where they're going to hold it. We'll probably go into depth on that in the, in a future geography podcast. Uh, do you know what? Joe? You know, I saw some a really interesting
1: and and lucrative potentially idea for for the World Cup, um, but it's like an alternative World Cup. I saw it on Twitter this week. Play it on the moon. Yeah, that'd be yeah. great. Low, low gravity would be awesome. But um, but he, uh, I can't remember the guy who recommended it. So I'm sorry if you're listening. You are probably not. But uh, it's um at the bottom 32 team world cup so you got like a huge great big international stage with like vanuatu versus (laughs) Nauru in the final or whatever it is you know uh, it would just be absolutely spectacular winner gets like all the revenue or whatever from the viewing
3: rights gets put into like football in their country or whatever could be for a good cause oh come on san marino uh (laughs) right family finally Friend of the show, Ben Jacobs reported that Pochettino is going to have more say over Chelsea's January business than over the summer. Dan over the summer. Ooh, that, that, that doesn't sound good. Or as soon as I read that, but look, he was he was obviously apparently evolved during the last window, but some plans were already in place before he arrived. Yeah, yeah, sure. Owners taking over there. Uh, look, Chelsea can spend big again in January if they wish because they've agreed to a cash injection from Aries Management, which is worth around four hundred fifteen million outgoings we're told are going to be important i mean what do you expect in january i don't understand what this aries management thing is because
1: i thought this was a loan for to help with like the stadium that's what and, i thought like, yeah things like that so i don't understand if like they're just like if the news article is just equating like a ca- general cash injection with them like having more cash flow to facilitate the purchase of like a site or whatever they're going to do with stanford bridge in the end mm. or i don't know if it's like something to do with the multi-club model or whatever but like I don't know, it just seems weird. Like Clear Lake and Bowley and all of them, they have enough money in order to be able to buy oh, the players yeah. or whatever that they would ever want. You know, private oh, equity firm, they're very, very wealthy. So like what is actually the need for this four hundred million loan? It's for cash flow. And the reason you do that mm. is for purchasing large assets, surely.
3: Well, maybe. I mean it's four hundred million probably gets you about ten players from random youth academies in the uh, in the world knowing our now. Recruitment. I mean, get, well,
1: no, but it does get you thirteen in Chris's beautiful
3: thirty million range. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what? 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 what are we expecting Ivan Tony and some random youth academy player?
0: I am. Um, I just think Ivan Tony. I honestly for, for four
3: hundred and fifteen million. No, I, I
0: honestly. <laughs> <don't think laughs> really I really rate him. I do really rate Ivan Tony. Don't get it wrong. I don't think he's worth well break the record. Um. But I, I honestly don't see us getting anyone other than Ivan Tony. Um, unless oh. there's like, I mean, unless, I, I just don't see any of the sort of options out there of who we can buy and where, where we need to buy, sort of thing. I, I think we do that in summer. I think this would be our quietest window today. I, I just think we will. If it's not Ivan Tony, it'll, it'll be a proper out and out number nine, I, I feel. Um, I mm. could be wrong.
1: To be fair. I, 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 I just, uh, our quietest window to date would still be about nine players.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, true. Very true. (laughs) I mean, look, even if we buy Ivan Tony and that's all we buy, I mean, that'd still be 50, 60 million, so.
3: Mm, That's true. I mean, Chris, Ivan Tony, or what?
2: (laughs) Uh, I'd be happy if um, it was one of our quiet windows. I I think Mm -hmm. it's one of them where it would be see where we are Um because that'll um, have a massive say on, you know, if the team's playing well, you might, we might think that we don't need anything. But mm. it could be, it's definitely going to be uh, quality over quantity. We can't have another six, seven, eight players coming in because it's just going to be a constant new squad all the yeah. time. Oh, I yeah. think that would be a massive mistake. So I think it would be a case of look at the areas that we're struggling in let's say you know striker which we probably still will be and if we can go and get a a top class one of them and that's all we need to do then just do that just don't want to see us go and spend a load of money on people just for the sake of spending money on people yeah unless i suppose unless it's outgoings and you're replacing people like if again like if sterling was to go then you'd need to replace him obviously
1: but I find that really weird that it says about it depend being depend on our outgoings. Maybe that's talking about it being like an FFP thing or, or something. But like it would be so weird to facilitate even more squad churn. Do you know what I mean?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, on the on the topic of outgoings, that's what today's topic is. We're going to be taking a look at what what on earth has gone wrong, so wrong for Andre Santos after his loan move to Forest. Uh, we're a month into this season-long loan, so it's, it's early days. But look, he's yet to make a Premier League debut for Forest. He's appeared just obviously once, which was when he started Forest League Cup defeat to Burnley back in August. Wasn't even in the matchday squad against City the other week. Uh, the mood, obviously, amongst Chelsea fans, it's frustrated. We're all frustrated, really. We all saw Andre in preseason. We saw his potential. Wow, I mean, especially after he captained Brazil at the Under Twenty World Cup, he was absolutely phenomenal, and. There are already suggestions for Chelsea they should bring him back in January, which the team could do by triggering a break option in the loan agreement. We're told uh, Forest do face mutually agreed upon financial penalties for failing to use Santos when he's fit. So, what? Why? Like Tig? Why do you personally feel he's not getting in this Forest team? Difficult. One. I mean,
1: I-, I have a few theories. I think one of them is that Forest bought like. A million players. Oh yes, uh, in the summer. You know, including like several central midfielders. In, you know, in several central defensive midfielders, like Santos is. And so you know, like they bought what was it? They bought didn't they buy like Ndidi on on deadline day or something? No, they, they got um, or Sangare was they it? Got, yes. Yeah, Sangare and Dominguez. Yeah, so oh, Sang yeah amazing. Sangare on on deadline day, and it. So they've, they've already just like you know put a, a a fair amount of investment into you know some players why are they then going to turn around and develop our asset instead like why are they going to you know help our player get better and 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 grow when they know he's not going to be here in a in a year whereas half the signings that they've just made in the summer I'm sh- I'm sure will be you know uh, like so it makes more sense to develop them get them bedded into the team mm. the other option is i think steve cooper knows that he's a young kid and he wants to bring him in slowly we're, you know, because I, I don't doubt Steve Cooper's a, a, a good coach. um. So I think he'll have some decent man management around that. So I, I think it's like it's a little bit of the situation at Forest. But also, I think we need to be a bit patient before we see him anymore. I think we're now at the situation where we recognize he's not going to be the first choice starter every week, unless he like fights his way into the first team, which at the moment is, just seems unlikely because he can't even get a game.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, what do you think, Chris? I think it's fear. I think it was Ooh. the wrong loan move to start with. I think you, we've we've made the mistake again, a similar mistake to what we made with Gilmore. We've sent a player, a young player, on loan to a team who have relegation fears. They're not going to put their faith in young players. It's not what you do when you're down the bottom. It's not mm. what it's not what teams do. They, you know, you look at the signings they made. They're more experienced players because that's what you need to stay up. You're not gonna, you know, Steve Cooper isn't sat there thinking about. Andre Santos's development, he's thinking about keeping Forest in the Premier League and what he needs to do that. And I think Santos is another one of those players where he is a better player in better teams, a bit like Gilmore um, was. You know, you look at the way he performs for Brazil at the under-20s, like you just said, because mm. they are one of the best teams at that age level. He was playing in one of the best teams, so he performed. He, and I just don't see him as a player who's going to thrive a team that is struggling and i think he'll be better he'd have been better staying at us like yeah you know you especially considering you look at our injury record he'd have been Mm -hmm. in the squad now you look at our bench against fulham he definitely would have made our bench so it's just another one of them where i just think we need with the low moves we really need to start thinking through before we accept whether this is actually a good move and just think we've got to stop giving our players to teams who are yeah. fighting relegation because they're, they're not going to use young players because of the, the fear of it. The fear of relegation now and the loss of earnings yeah, is finances. so high yeah that they are going to go for more experienced players. Yeah. And
1: the thing is, as well, that's especially prevalent for Forrest because, like, they're not the richest club, but they have spent a lot of money. So the FFP exactly. concerns will be really, really important I for them. I mean, so if they don't yeah. stay up, it could be a disaster.
3: They've played five games so far since he moved, and one was against Chelsea. So that's obviously a no starter. Uh, one was against United the day after the low move. So we hadn't been training. So we're down to the three games. Uh, but he was an unused sub against Burnley in the league and not in the squad versus City though i'm keen to sort of see what happens this weekend because forest have some injury concerns with yates danilo and dominiquez all out and if you can't get in against palace then i'm gonna worry you know i'm i'm kind of shocked in a way because we're like that we're even discussing this because steve cooper is a man who develops young talent you know he helped our he up to one of our own you know conor gallagher whilst he was at swansea and obviously he's won the under 17 world cup for england as the head coach and he knows how to get the best out of young players and sort of help smash them through their ceiling. Uh, right. As it seems, I mean, Cooper and Santos seem to get on. I mean, there's no rumours that they've had a falling out or, you know, taken the one's lunch out the fridge or whatever. I mean, here, here's a sort of leading question for you. I mean, in hindsight, would you have loaned him to another club? And if yes, being obviously the likely answer here, who?
0: Um, I'll, I'll jump straight in here because I was thinking about it a minute ago. I think... <laughs> Uh, I I just think the best option would have been a championship move, and that's going to sound.
3: <sighs>
0: worked be... out
3: well for Cassidy,
0: no, but like people will be annoyed uh. at that. But I, I think the championship is an unbelievable level of, level of football. Um, yeah. where, where he he would get more game time. I'm sure he would get more game time at a very good level. Um, at a top top six team, I'd have thought. Um. So, you, you could have picked, so I don't know, a, a Southampton or, or someone like that. It's so like a, a big team in the championship or a Leeds. I don't know. Um,
1: Southampton would have been the smart one after Lavia came Norway.
0: Yeah, that, that's what um. I mean. I, I just felt like he would have got more, more game time in the championship. I know it hasn't worked out that well with Casade so far, but I just think it, I mean, Casade, it was at Reading and got a fair bit of game time, didn't he? So, I, that would have been my option. I, I think not Forest, with the amount of players they bring in i'm not convinced steve cooper wanted him i i, I think the signings are probably above steve cooper i, I don't think he really has much input i could be wrong there mm. um but i just feel like it's not a steve cooper type of player um obviously he's a t- real talented boy don't get me wrong very very talented i just think i think the championship is is a real good breeding ground to develop and to really um Get used to English style of play, English physicality. Um, so, mm. for me, I, I think if you would have sent him to a top six or a top 10 club in the Championship, he, he, he would have thrived there.
3: I mean, Porto, Benfica, and Leon were the teams that all expressed interest when they were trying to sign him on loan. I mean, two of those are in the Champions League. Leon, for me, would have been a hard swerve because, no thanks, look, look at their current state. You know, they really, really could go down this year. Uh, Porto, Porto was the sort of move I, I would have loved because I could have just seen that working out well. Yeah, I, I really could. Yeah, I, Brazilian yeah.
1: player, Portuguese league. I see it.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, any other places you would have particularly liked to have seen him go out on loan to or maybe kept him and played him? I, I don't
1: think I have a, a suggestion specifically, but is there a question here of if we're missing the forest for the trees? In In... Sort of having to train with a, a Premier League club every week, and that if he does manage to break through into the forest, uh, you know, first team, is that not better overall? But I suppose it's about whether he does. But I don't know. I feel like maybe we need to exercise a little bit of patience. Like you said, Mikey, is like we he was only really eligible for three of the games. I know he's not been chosen mm-hmm. for any, yeah, of them. yeah, of course. yeah, but like it's not actually that many games, and we're quite early on. And maybe, maybe as Chelsea fans, we need to temper our expectations a little bit about how our loan players are used. You know, like, and, and that partially comes back into what Chris was saying about making sure that it's the right move, and so like the player actually, you know, is desired to be there and desired to play by the manager.
3: Hmm. Oh, what do you think, Chris?
2: Yeah, I do. I do agree with you, Ollie. Um, I, I do think it's it is still early. I mean, he could go on still and make thirty appearances in the Premier League for Forest. So it is still really early days. So just my main issue is the fact that Forest will be down towards the bottom of the table. You know, it, it's sort of in the sort of relegation fears for for most of the season. So it's not much of a learning curve being in that situation that that's my main concern with it it's a pressure
1: cooker it's a, there's yeah. a lot
2: going on you know and only if and again it's like it seems like quite as high
1: risk you know like if he does play he, he'll be good and if he can develop in that kind of environment
2: he'll be incredible yeah but it, yeah it, it, quite the risk to take i think
1: mm.
3: if
2: i could have chose if i could choose any club that to have sent him to though i i would have gave him to palace oh just because they have they have such a good track record with our loan players.
3: Yeah, that is fair actually, especially midfielders. <laughs> then again, they yeah. they probably wouldn't want anything to do with us by the end of the summer, did they? Well, no, um, yeah, they did. Not. That, that didn't. End well. <laughs> I mean, if we if we look at Forest at the moment, I mean, they signed obviously Santos, and then went back to the supermarket later that evening to bring in Dominquez and Sangari. That's two midfielders who'll be added competition for Santos. I mean two big money signings as well who are more likely to get minutes because they're actual signings, you know, they've cost money whilst Santos mm-hmm. is simply on loan, you know. Look, I honestly believe that maybe Forrest signed him because they thought they wouldn't be able to secure any of their midfield targets. And then they just signed three on deadline day. I mean, if you're potching in January, what are you going to do with Santos? Are you recall him, loading him back out, leaving him at Forest, or recalling him and playing him? I think if i
1: Pochettino, out. Pochettino's never going to recall
3: him because he already said the squad's
1: quite large. Still. Mm. Like I don't think he's going to add another player, another midfielder at that into the mix unless there's like serious injury concerns. Still,
3: what do you that,
0: think? That that's the thing though. Like uh, the, the only injuries, well, the only like position we haven't had injuries to is midfield, where we're absolutely stacked. We've got Gallagher, Enzo. Uh, oh tell, no, but,
3: you've cursed us.
0: <laughs> uh Chukwu, Makers coming back. So we are mm. just absolutely filled with midfielders at the minute. Um, so unless two or three of them get injured, he's still not going to get a game. So for me, <laughs> I mean, it's all about context, isn't it, really? Things could change. Chris is right, he could still play 30 games for Natsouris. But at the minute, if I'm Chelsea and I'm looking at Andre Santos, I, I think... I'd recall him and send him back out on loan, maybe to, maybe to a Porto or or a different league, somewhere like that, just to um sort of give him, uh, get him
3: some game time. Okay, okay. What, what, what about yourself, Chris? Oh, well, you said Palace.
2: Yeah, I think. Come January, I think it all depends on how many appearances he's made. If yeah,
1: I think by January, if he's if
2: he's made Mm. ten appearances, and they would have played. You know, give or take 19 games by then, and he's if he's played in 10 of them, which is, you know, just over half. Then I would probably just leave him. It Depends on how he's on how he's doing as well in those in those games. But if you're going to, re- because the risk in recalling him is you can't find a better loan move, and then you, we might be stuck yeah. with a player who, doesn't really want around because the squad's too big already, and. But then this is Chelsea. Yeah. We could have four injuries in midfield by then, so <laughs> we might need Yeah, <laughs> True. It just circumstances yeah, will fair. dictate what happens in January. I think.
3: Yeah, agreed. Um, I'll put a poll up on the Spotify about what the listeners want to, us to do with. Andre could we uh,
1: stick one in the Discord as well? If, yeah, if we will. That's possible.
3: Definitely do yeah. that. I don't know. Yeah, this, there's always a way. There's always a way. We'll find one. Uh, so. Of course, there is a game this weekend, so that means it is time for the Lion of the Week. Oh, the predictions, the predictions on this. Uh, Burnley, on the road, lovely 3pm Saturday kickoff. I'll get mine in quick and early. I'm just going to go Nicholas Jackson, I feel, because of his goal in the League Cup. He's ready, wants to show that he's a goal scorer. Nicholas Jackson for me. Nothing exciting, just going to go straight for it. I'm going to take a bit of a risk,
1: sort of, because... Yeah, I know he, today he was confirmed fit enough to play, but we don't know if he'll start. I'm going to go with Mudrick. Oh, nice. Oh, gonna go Mudrick. He, um, he's done so well so far. I think he's going to... like If he does play, I think he's going to tear them apart. I
3: thought you were going to go Carney, I did. Because he's a doubt, but... It's a good choice.
0: Um, I'm going to go so rogue, like so random here. I'm going to go De Sassi.
3: Oh, nice, nice. It's a good show. Yeah, good choice. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's been he's been slowly improving all the, throughout each. I game, think he's so. actually
0: been all right, and you know what? He's actually a presence in the box. Like he's good at attacking mm. headers, so you know, a goal against Burnley wouldn't be out of the question.
1: No, he more or less, is our only player who can head the ball. Well,
3: yeah, exactly. <laughs> what about you,
2: Chris? Uh, I'm going to go Colewell. Um, oh, nice! Because every time I've watched Burnley, their best players are the wide players. So, I think he's going to have to have a good game mm. if we're to have a good game. So, yeah, I'll go with that. Out.
3: All right. Uh, right. Time to answer some listener questions. Uh, fair few. Julian has asked Should Chelsea re sign Timo Werner? Would he thrive in this young potch led squad?
1: He'd probably do pretty well. Um, oh, yeah. But, like, he'd be, I don't know. He's kind of like Mudrik if, like, you take away Mudrik's dribbling ability. So, I don't know like but he always did a, he always did well in in big moments so I don't know i a bit more experienced in the squad you know he's probably got his confidence back I, um, he was a fan favorite why not he was
3: i mean it's i've got his shirt which probably cursed him <laughs> i mean i don't know it, it was your fault yeah it was my fault it, it it didn't work out the too well the first time and I just, I just don't see why it would the second time but hey i mean what do you think Berth? um
0: I think he would actually do I'm well with Bali. Yeah, I, th- I
3: think he he would be
0: similar to Modric but would probably get you more goals. Um, I think Potts would like him. I, I, mm. I think he would like yeah, him. that's true. He, he's a he'd hard have to play well.
1: off the left, wouldn't he? Like he'd
0: yes. be a striker, yeah, definitely. No. Um, but I actually think him and Nicholas Jackson would probably work quite well. I think both of them together would actually be not a bad like sort of combination. But um, yeah, it'd be another one where you'd be frustrated by him and. He's not prolific, so it's one of them. But everyone loved Timo, so I'd, I'd love to see him back in the bridge. I, I wouldn't lie to you.
2: What about you, Chris? Um, I actually think he was underrated the first time. I think uh, mm. he wasn't mm-hmm. the player we thought we signed, so he was never judged for the player that he was. But he played most of his games for us on the left, and his numbers for a winger, if we was judging him as a winger, that's where he was playing was better than anything we've had at the time or since. So if he was gonna come back and I think he would get those numbers, if not more, then yeah, I'd have him back in a heartbeat. Mm. If you look at his goals and assist numbers as a wide player rather than the 30 goal a season striker we thought we was getting, he was actually he was actually really yeah. good. So yes, I would I would take yeah. him but <laughs> Oh, fair enough. Fair enough.
3: Uh second question. My philosophy has asked, if you were a player, what kit number would you pick and why? And he says that he would have twenty seven. Well, that's
0: random. Um so that is that is random. Sunday league, uh, I'm the number ten. Um so I guess I'd pick that for the other reason, but I didn't get to mention the other day. I was twenty three on Sunday Just Gone. Happy birthday thank you it's oh, not my birthday oh. but um <laughs> thank you anyway i made a good uh, joke
3: whatever we'll move quick <laughs> uh, uh
0: but yeah yeah I, I also wear number 23 now so michael jordan there we go that that's that's my reasoning to it
3: oh it's because you're the goat birth that's why ah uh, stop it ali stop it I, I can't believe you've all just forgotten that number 27 is Gusto's number but yeah, that, that no, obviously
0: shocker. I knew that, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to ruin it. Very
3: <laughs> far. Oh, what a, What about What about you, Ollie? What would you have?
1: I kind of like the. Um, I, I oftentimes I either play as like a a midfielder, like a a, a DM, or or sometimes I play as a goalie as well. Mm. And I I would say the the number that encompasses those two positions the best is the number thirteen, because mm. you got like Michael Ballack. For us, right? Yeah. He was number 13. He was. And then, you know, a lot of um, keepers take 12 or 13 as well, like second choice keepers and stuff. So,
2: I don't know. I feel like that would be a good fit for me. Mm. Chris. Also, I'm lucky oh. as all <laughs> hell. So, <you> know. <laughs> what about you, well, Chris? 13 is my number. Um, nice. there it not Chris. I can't have it. No, I no, had sorry. that already.
0: Sorry, sorry, sorry. I've played Chris years now at football. We don't play together now, but you've never worn the number 13, I'm pretty sure. This is like a Mandela effect here. No, no, I, well, do, I didn't, didn't before it. because
2: I wasn't allowed to have it. But okay, so now yeah, you were
1: Okay. I'm sorry, but you're still not allowed to have it because it's mine. But, and mine. Uh,
2: I have I, that. <laughs> I, I think my reason's better, though, Ollie. I'm not going to lie to you. No. This is, yeah, I, I guarantee. <laughs> anything would be better than Ollie's reason. <laughs> my, my, to be it, it was wow. the year that my daughter was born, so that's why I chose it. That, that is go. the good reason. That I'm not sure case. that's a better <laughs> reason to be honest.
3: <laughs> I think I, I'm going to give my philosophy <laughs> some credit here because I think 27 could be two and seven, nine. Nice. Yeah. A lot of play, players do do that, like eight and what, yeah. 18 and other numbers that add up to nine. Uh, I mean, for me, 12 because it is my birthday, and you don't see many number twelves nowadays. You know, we had Loftus Cheek, Thierry Henry as well for France. And oh yes, in the NFL, you have Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Jim Kelly, and Terry Bradshaw, and of course, twelfth man for the Seahawks. So that that's sort of my my pick there. I like that. But I used to do that on FIFA Pro as well. That's
0: better. That's better than (laughs) Arlie's. Ali had the worst on this. I
3: disagree. Um,
1: I think I think mine was actually the best, and I think birth specifically was the worst. <laughs> pew,
3: pew. Shots of, shots of, shots <laughs> shots of being fired really late on in the show. And finally, Sarah has asked if Matson doesn't sign a contract and Potch isn't playing him at left back, what are your thoughts on his future given the players we have in attack?
0: I like him, but I think. I think we probably have got better options but I do think his versatility is what helps him out a lot and I think that's why he, he has stuck around and, and patch wants him. Mm. Um, but I don't think he's I think he's a very good attacker but I, I don't think he's he would be prolific enough. I don't think he'd be creating enough chances. I mean, he'd fit right in in our attack, don't get me wrong, but um, I just think he's a. For where we want to be going. I don't think he's Good enough going for that, like world class enough going forward to um to sort of keep him in the first team if that makes sense. But I think his his, his versatility is his main asset. Yeah, uh, I think I, I think that's why people want him around because he can play anywhere and do a real good job everywhere.
3: I mean, I look at our options. We've got Kukure. He seems to be slotting in nicely in the right back role for now. So Matson does have a chance at left back. You know, this <laughs> is this. I mean th- this this is his chance for sure because you've got Ben Chilwell is going to be out for two months minimum and to be fair to be fair when it comes to Chilwell he's sort of like the land rover of left backs he's like he's extremely attractive he's expensive and he's rely he's got reliability issues so he's <laughs> that's you know uh, the, the chance he is attractive, <laughs> to be fair he's very attractive <laughs> uh, he's he, so the chance to play is always going to be there for him but uh, just not in a number ten. I mean, we saw that in preseason. It just didn't work. That didn't. What a waste. No. What a shame. Mm. It was like playing on the left flat. Yeah, uh, yeah. Preseason's been surreal. How different we've played as well from them. But again, on Kunku and other stuff. But
2: I don't know. What, what What do you think, Chris? It's tough if he doesn't sign the new contract. Mm. Um, but I think Cole will's sort of emergence as a left back has hampered him as well. Um, So good at left back, Cole Willis I do think it's going to be telling Like you just said over these next couple of months now Um, If he doesn't Get any game time at left back I don't think he's ever going to be Good enough in attack To really get into the first team Um, So if he doesn't get any minutes At left back while Chilwell's out I mean you might as well You might as well cash in on him really Because if you're not going to play him there I just don't see him ever being that level of attacker to Mm. get into that sort of the team we want to be. So I probably would be looking to move him on then. What do you think, Ollie?
1: It's an interesting one because on the one hand, you've got a player who is extremely versatile and I don't know what it is necessarily about the Dutch. Maybe it's their sort of their cultural philosophy of total football that makes their players so versatile in playing in different positions. I don't know. Like someone like daily Blin comes to mind or rude Hullet. Um, so on the one hand, you've got a player like that who is so versatile and play in multiple positions to a decent standard, then you do need that in 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 your squad in some players. You know, like I think in in the past we've had too many of those players. I don't know now if we have enough. Uh, I I don't know if we have too many, but he seems like one of the more uh, competent ones who can play in multiple positions. So like it is useful for when we do have a lot of players out like we do now. Having said that. I just I'm with Chris. I just can't see where like he's going to get to play games especially now with Cucurella coming back into form, Cole will like yeah playing off the left-hand side. I don't know like if he's if he's not getting chosen at left back at that point. I don't know like for me, I, I think he'll be sold because he he represents, you know, pure profit off the books. He mm-hmm. is a player who is now kind of on the fringes. I think in January, um, he'll probably be sold because if he hasn't uh, signed a deal by then, and even yeah. if he does, he he may still be sold.
3: Oh, we're moving to the best part of the show for birth.
1: Come on, come on.
3: Uh Lone Army Carousel. The game there of categories where I give them a category and they have to answer that fits into that category. And obviously, you got the Jason Condy alarm, but uh, we 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 should never be needing to use that this week, should we? Um, uh, right. The category is nothing to do with Barcelona and Real Madrid players, like someone tried um, to predict early on. Uh, but it is managers who have taken charge of three hundred or more Premier League games um, since nineteen ninety two, which was the first season. So there are seventeen to get. And I am going to go because he's so confident today. He can go last, Berth. Can I'm going to go for an advantage because some of these are like old school. So Ollie, you can kick us off, and then Chris, and then Berth. Uh, first one that comes to mind, the obvious one, is Roy Hodgson. He's on
1: there. Um, Alex Ferguson. He's on there.
0: Uh, David Moyes.
1: Yes. Good shout. Uh, Mourinho.
0: Yep, Arsene Wenger. Yep. Oh, I'm going to go for. Oh no, nice. I'm gonna go Eddie Howe. I don't know if that's right. Michael could be out there.
3: You, you would. Uh, you might think he's on there. I don't. I think you might oh, not be. But... I mean, I'm. I'm Is currently he on there, the... Mikey. I, I'm trying to find the button. <laughs> There we go. Oh. Uh, no, no, oh, he, he's births not. Out. Births out, so it's down to Ollie and Chris. Damn, God, uh, Chris. I mean, have a good
0: game, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is it me now? It is. It is.
3: Uh, I'm gonna go with Steve Bruce. Oh, he's on there. Good
0: yeah. show. Oh, no, an um, obvious one that I haven't picked. Chris, you idiot. Not you, Chris. Me.
3: <laughs> Sam Alados? Yeah, you'd that's think... my one. You would think so, and you'd be right. He's on there. Oh, you
1: can't do Don't that do to
3: me! <laughs> Come on, Chris! Come on, Chris! I believe in you. heart uh-huh. attack Um, I'll go with um Rafa. Yeah. Uh, surname Benitez. Oh, he's on there. Uh, you're down to nine. Mm. Kevin Keegan. Mm. Uh, he's not on there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, can, can can you close it out, Ollie? Can you name any others? Uh, I, can,
1: I can only name one. Um, uh, if we haven't said him already, Harry Redknapp.
3: Yeah, he's on there. Oh, Harry You you, oh, you forgot Alan Kirbishley. Who? Alan Pardew. Alan Pardew, you're right. Uh, what uh, Pardew's had over over I reckon on Martin O'Neill He's on there. R- he's on there. Yeah, he's on. Yeah. No, yeah, but,
0: he's on. yeah.
3: Any others? Birth, you got uh, oh about like Tony Poulis or something like that he's on there Ah, oh, good show yeah, because about about... Like, he um... was in the prem for so long wasn't he what
0: about someone like Ron Atkinson
3: no he's not there's four managers left one of them two of them still That's manage no sorry no. no. four no. of them sorry two of them still manage one of them certainly does not manage and the other I think recently got sacked there's mm. real obvious one on here I've got nothing. Mark Hughes. He's on there, yep. Recently sacked oh, by Bradford. Yeah. Mm. Mark other, the, other, the other three. I'm I'm not shocked by the one. He might have used the C word in an interview. <laughs> Everyone's like, who? Some people will get that reference. He, uh... he managed Newcastle.
0: Oh, uh Joe Cineer.
3: Joe Cineer. And the other Where? two are both. Matt have both managed the same club. One of them still manages that club.
0: Um, Are they in the Prem still?
3: Uh, The one is. Guardiola? No. Yeah, that was what I was going to say. I I have no idea. Really? Jurgen Klopp?
0: Jurgen Klopp? Well, yeah.
3: So who would be the other manager? Oh, yeah.
0: I, I, I don't, I don't well, know. Another no, Liverpool man. Yeah. After, uh,
3: not Rafa either. Uh,
0: Gerald Houdier. Yeah.
3: <laughs> right, I'll give you a clue. He um, managed Watford. He managed Reading. And then he went to Swansea. Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, Brendan Rodgers. Wow. Oh,
2: Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, Brendan Rodgers. Oh, all over. I three. can't believe Joe Kaneer was on that list. He managed Wimbledon. I <laughs> I would have been here all night, and I wouldn't have got him. <laughs> well, he managed
3: Wimbledon for 364 games.
2: Well, I know what. I never even knew that.
3: Yeah, in January '92 till May '99. He snuck in. Well, he snuck in there, didn't he? Uh, yeah. He's not not the best win rate. 35. I don't well, usually.
1: Uh, I don't usually win carousel. I'm, I'm quite pleased. well done, Ollie.
3: Well done, you, Ollie. I've just pulled... it, no, I mean, good game. <laughs> I've just pulled yeah, up well, what his honors <laughs> list does. That uh, is, Joe Caner won as a manager. This is the third division runner-up with Luton Town. He won the LMA Manager of the Year in '94, and he was the runner-up for managing Nepal in the South Asian Games in 1987.
2: Yeah, wow. Well. Yeah, all i know all i know for is not being able to pronounce charles and zogby's name <laughs> <laughs>
3: that oh,
0: honestly unbelievable.
3: right uh yeah. we're at the end of the episode so thank you for listening treat yourself well we're gonna be back on monday going through winners and losers against burnley uh maybe a vibe check because we're gonna be heading into that long international break we can't wait So, yay. So, till next time, that is us signing off. You've been listening to At The Bridge Pod, a Chelsea FC podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram by searching for At The Bridge Pod. And if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, leaving us a review is always appreciated.